Blog Talk Radio. another edition of Chatting with Dr. Leonard Richardson. Now, today we were going to continue the review of the transfer centennial activities, but as my good friend Dr. Richardson suggested, and I take him up on it, that this is Easter weekend. Why not talk about Easter holidays and the significance of them and how they were celebrated? I think that's excellent. We'll do that. So let's go ahead and say hello first to our our Featured, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I can't even think of it right now. Uh, featured uh, reporter, correspondent, Valerie. Yes. Good afternoon. Good yes. day, Val. Yes. Good day, everybody. Happy to be here. Good. Good, Glad to have Good you day, back. Valerie. Good day. And ladies first. Chivalry is not dead. Ladies first. <laughs> you go right ahead, and we'll join after you. Go right yes. ahead. Nice. Thank you, Dr. Richardson. <laughs> You're most welcome. And let's go on to Dr. Dr. Richardson. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. Hello. Hello, our Mr. Gibbs. At the end, it's very interesting to note. The reason I suggested that we should do the Easter thing is for the transfer. That's going to go through all the years. So any Saturday would be appropriate because it would still okay. be for celebrating throughout the year. So, but Easter only comes at this time, and so I wanted to do, and I was suggesting that we do this brief uh, sort of devotisma, as we would say, sort of change of pace to get all the things in. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, here's why I'm saying that. We have Judeo, we have Christian, and we have other persons who fellowship, worship, Yes. in whatever other belief or form. So I think so we could pull it all together, a sort of triage, if you will. And you know a triage is where you treat people, not necessarily in a hospital, but the tree means three component parts, three to bring it together. So I chose, or I think that would be appropriate because we'll be able to cover everyone. Sure. So what I'm going to do, thank you. So what I'm going to do, is I'm going to start with a brief interlude from the Judeo perspective, another brief interlude from the Christian perspective, and then another brief interlude, although it's Christian, it's from the black Christian experience. So I okay. shall begin by saying this, with your kind permissions to our listening audience, to say welcome once again. El Shaddai. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. And then, that's Hebrew from the Judeo. And then, from the Christian, I say, Down la via doloroso, all the way to Calvary. Down la via doloroso. All the way to Calvary. Yes, he died for you. Yes, he died for me. Down la via doloroso. All the way to Calvary. And then, from the black Christian perspective, I say this. On that great getting up morning, fairly well, fairly well. On that great getting up morning, fairly well, fairly well. We will talk about Jesus, fairly well, fairly well. How we hope to meet with him, fairly well, fairly well. Mm -hmm. 
Now, one of the things, I hope I didn't deafen anyone or cause anyone to have a chop. No, Doc, no. Even in a back of okay. course. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I was I was just looking up El Shaddai and it, it seems uh-huh. to be one of the names of the God of Israel. I, I'd never heard That's it before. Correct. That's correct. Oh, Bruce, Do I get to the go? To the, yes. I got to give you a permanent seat up in front. <laughs> I'm researching as I go. <laughs> Very good. Now that's what I call a student. That's what I call someone who's on top of things. Yes, Thank yes, you. that's what it was. You're most welcome. And I, I'm saying that because. As we listen to what is happening in the world and all the threats and counter-threats and all the saber-rattling and all the points and counterpoints and who's supposed to be what we call an ally of whom and whatever, whatever, we are in some troubling times. We need to have a divine intervention because this is not going well. And I know I haven't stated it, but I said this, and that's a demonstrative pronoun, but I mean what's happening over there in terms of the bombings and whatever, whatever. But we're going to focus our attention on what we have here. Today being, as you know, Lent comes to an end, a 40-day period. That's a month and 10 days of the Lenten season. Lent comes to an end technically speaking, with Resurrection or Easter Sunday. The business of the Monday was just for the enjoyment of, but the sacred religious part of it ends on Easter Sunday. Now, I'm saying that to say here in the Virgin Islands, we do not necessarily look at a particular time period of cutoff because on the island of St. Croix, they spend their time by camping at a place particularly known as Kramer's Park, in the east and another place down in the west. So anyone who's anything or anyone who belongs anywhere is either going to be at one of those locations, beginning from Holy Thursday into Good Friday, which was yesterday, today into Holy Saturday, and coming to a climax on Easter Sunday and Easter Monday. So we're looking at that in terms of the 40-day period that is a month and 10 days coming to an end. So on St. Croix, they are there. Now, not everyone is there, but the majority of the people are there. And with that in mind, we're looking at what we call, what do we do? Traditionally, we do not go to the beach on Good Friday or Holy Saturday. We may go on Easter Sunday, but not so much that, but really on Easter Monday. And here is the reason. The reason is, tradition has it, we do not do the beach thing during the holy days. We spend our time in fasting and praying and reflecting. Now, interestingly enough, when we stop and we think about it, even the foods, even the foods that we eat, we have to be very careful because we try to stay away from any food preparation that involves vinegar. The reason is vinegar was that substance that liquid offered to Jesus Christ while he was on the cross. So we tend to stay away from anything that's vinegar. We wait until after. And the reason that is so is because that was mockery to him, as we know. So we try to avoid that. Now, the favorite foods are usually reserved for Easter Sunday or Easter Monday. Now, during this time, Good Friday after 3 or Holy Saturday or even the morning, here in the Virgin Islands, we tend to use salt fish, mackerel, salmon, and then we reserve a very nice, flourished, prepared sort of pate called what we call gundi. And that's done with beets, the redness, mm-hmm. give the color blood, and the onions and the vinegar and the pepper and all of that. Very tasty and potent dish served alongside a potato salad and also garnished with hard-boiled eggs. Now, the garnishing of the hard-boiled eggs would come with our understanding of Easter. You go and you look for the egg, the Easter 
egg. Now, as we know, biologically and anatomically, the rabbit produces not that kind of an egg. The kind of <laughs> egg that they use <laughs> is an egg from a chicken. And yeah. the rabbit produces the egg that humans know in terms of the biological egg, but that's from the female. Now, here's the point. The egg is used to garnish the plate, the center dish, laid along the side so that you have the yellow center, the white edge, which would be the yolk and the other part of the egg, the yolk being yellow. In addition, it is served with crackers, or you can use rice if you want, but the whole point is you garnish that with a salad as well on the side. They're not put together. They're put into separate dishes, and if you have a large or medium-sized family gathering, or even your own family, you have the center with the gundi, and the gundi, of course, is a seafood, and the reason is Jesus Christ being a fisherman, a carpenter, and the disciples being fishermen themselves, we celebrate the passage of the suffering, the death, and the resurrection gloriously so that we have that. Now, here on St. Thomas, because and elsewhere, because of the influx of in-integration, we have a number of customs and cultures which have come to us. And you know, when cultures meet, we have what is called a cultural clash. And the prevailing culture, both determined by plebiscite, the largest number of people who are most vociferous in practicing their culture, will prevail. So as a result of that, the business of the dancing, which is pagan, so to speak, gets thrown into the Christian celebration. We should understand that this brings on something for us which is different in terms of the timing as opposed to the other Caribbean islands. For example, when we look at the time now, we are beginning to get into our celebration of carnival or preparation for carnival. So in fact, just today, this evening, they will have some activities at the Lionel Roberts Stadium in reference to carnival. They will also have Calypso competition at the Charlotte Amalia High School, the Ruth E. Thomas Auditorium. But what we really should understand is the whole business of the celebration of Easter. The celebration of Easter really comes on the heels, on the back of paganism, because when we stop and think about it, when we look at carnival in the other islands, they have their carnival before Ash Wednesday, so that by Ash Wednesday, all festivities of joyousness, mirth, merrymaking are done. For example, when we stop and we think about it and we reflect upon the practices, we know that Lent begins with Ash Wednesday. So in the other islands, they have all the bits of carnival, and I'll explain that, Bacchanal, and I'll explain that, and festival coming before. The whole point is not only in the Caribbean Islands, but also in the state of Louisiana, New Orleans, for example, and other places, you have these celebrations taking place before. So that, in fact, Juve, which people call mispronouncing Jovert, but Juve, which means the celebration of joy, merchant merriment, ends once. The stroke of midnight comes for Ash Wednesday. All festivities cease, and you go into what we call Missa Solemnius, the solemn celebration. So that, for example, here we see many of our people would understand this. So that when we talk about carnival, the word carnival comes from the Latin root carne, which means meat. Meat or flesh. Val, that's right, or flesh, which means that Val comes from festival, from Saturnalia, Saturnal, Latin, and Bacchanal from the Latin Bacchus, the god Bacchus. of wine. Yes. So that in fact, when we stop and think about it, Carnival means the celebration of the meat or the flesh. Carne meat, val, celebration. Bacchanal, Bacchus, the god of the wine, 
the celebration of the wine. And when we put them all together, we have the celebration of the meat, the celebration of the wine. You know, if you're celebrating the meat and you're celebrating the wine, you are usually in a state of semi-inebriation. So <laughs> semi. that, in fact, so that in you semi. get out. And, yes, and you, you do all kinds of things. And then when you finish, you say, oh, my God, forgive me. Or you say, as we would say, when we go to Mass, mea cupra, mea cupra, mea cupra, cupra. Yes, mm-hmm. okay, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. And you say, Lord, forgive me. And you go into solemn retreat in terms of prayer and fasting and asking forgiveness. Now, looking at that closely, we understand that when we stop and think about the whole business of Easter, Easter really started as a Greco-Roman celebration, not called Easter. Zeus, in his infinite wisdom, married one of his daughters off to his brother, whose name was Hades. His daughter's name was Persephone, and the child was Demeter. Now, Persephone was married off to Hades. Demeter was the goddess of the vegetation. Subsequently, Whenever Demeter's daughter had to go down to Hades to spend some time with her husband, her mother cried. Ergo, we have the business of spring. Since Demeter was a goddess of vegetation, whenever her daughter left her to go down to Hades to her husband, all wives have to spend time with their husbands and in order to have procreation. And when she emerged from Hades, then we had spring. If you mark it on your calendars, you'll see that when we get to fall, fall comes in September, October. And after fall, we get December. That's when it's cold and drab and dreary. And once death, what we call, if you follow that, Demeter begins to cry. Her tears fall to the earth, and they become snowflakes, icicles. And when she blows her nostrils, they become blizzards. Of the howling wind. This is the Greek explanation. We have to wow. understand that the Greek, the Greeks were logical people, and they had they an were. explanation for every single everything. occurrence or event. Yes. Everything, correct, correct, and yes. everything. So therefore, that's how they explain it. So spring is the revival or the coming again to life. Now let's look at this closely. We talk about Easter, the egg. The egg that comes from the female is called an ovum. That ovum is fertilized by the male sperm, and therefore we get what we call a coming together of egg and sperm to give new life. So the mitochondria, as we experience it, and the business of the ovary giving way to the sperm, sperm penetrating ovary, will give us life so the egg that's where that comes from then of course they went and they added the business of the rabbit laying an egg but the rabbit doesn't lay that kind of an egg the rabbit's <laughs> egg is internal not external the chicken's egg is external when it comes to fertilization all of that by the rooster or the male are uh, species now let's make some quick observations how do we get chocolate involved chocolate is very important. Peanuts, marshmallow, all these things, the sweetness of it. Because, you know, if you eat a lot of chocolates, they will put you in a semi-state of stupor and you become very excited and you, you drink and you you have wine and you have anything that mocha or mocha, as people say. Uh, and, Val, I know you like your coffee. So, yes, you know, and you can my chocolate. And that's what I'm getting ready to say. So you could add some chocolate to it to oh, heighten the taste and the sensitivities. That's how that comes across. But anyway, that's how we get this business of Easter egg and the hunt for the egg. The hunt for the egg is more in keeping with the male sperm trying to find the egg because you know what will happen if not the male sperm is going to die. And the enemies external of the womb. Their enemies external on the ground. So the children go and try to gather up the eggs. And I'm mixing both together so you can bring about the semblance of understanding this. And therefore, who can get the most eggs is considered a winner. But the bottom line is 
Nobody mm. wants all those eggs because if all those eggs were fertilized, how many children could one person, one hen, one mother, one anything stand? That would be far yes. too many. But you see, that's the way that came across. So those are some of the things that were done and the practices. Now, we do not, as I said before, deal with the ocean. We do not go to the sea here. But on St. Croix, they do go to Kramer's Park, and they have big campouts and cookouts and all of that, not just cooking for yourself, but you, you cook for your clan, you cook for your group, and you have the celebration for all those around. Yes, It's like a, it's like a family event, isn't it? Not, not, it's not like it is. It, is, it becomes it is. the family event. You, so you're correct, yeah. They do yeah. that in the Cayman Islands, too, you know. Everybody's camped oh, out yes, on the beach. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The Cayman Islands and the Grand, uh, Grand Cayman and the Bahamas and those areas up there, they do that very much. And, you know, it's interesting because here in the Virgin Islands, we are familiar with, of course, salt fish, and we yeah. use salt fish, and we go to the Spanish, we call it bacalao. Bacalao, and we go yeah. To the French. Yeah, and we go to the French, and we call it lemoui. Okay, and then no, we no can that. use, yes, okay, but if we do, and you can use what we call the gundi. Now, the gundi can be of any variation okay. as long as it's mm-hmm. a, a fish. It can be salmon, it can be heron, it can be tuna, and mackerel. You, now, you know, from, sorry, ahead, I don't sorry. mean to jump in, but um, I okay. feel... Yes, I, I want you to. I remember watching our nanny. I believe she was making Gundy. You know that silver machine with the crank yes. on it and the yes. purple or red stuff to come out of it. Yes. We weren't excited by that, but that's what she was making then was Gundy. Yes, yes. exactly. And she cranking, beat cranking. To give the, yes, to give the the color of red, the beet, the oh. beets that we use as a vegetable. Yes. And you crush it up, you grind up, and it gives that red color and mm-hmm. flavor. That's what she was doing. Oh. As a matter of fact, one of the things that your ancestors did, Val, they would go down to the country house, and the country house was down in Lindbergh Bay, that mm-hmm. big house down there. And all the family members would be invited, and there would be a big celebration. And there would be cakes, there would be drinks, and laurel <laughs> because it's red, and the eating and all that. And you go down like around, let's say around now, and you stayed all day. And the children get will get to meet their family, their cousins, their aunts, their, their nannies and all that. And they would stay until sometimes till late in the night. And in those areas where they could afford, they stayed overnight until tomorrow, which hey, is Easter Monday. And hey, they didn't have to hey, go to school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Valerie's a family. Let's all go down there and meet with her and her family. <laughs> <laughs> I the wish they still problem. did that. <laughs> I was going yeah, to say the only problem, Val, I'm so sorry, <clears throat> your family is no longer there. Yes, I know. Because a lot of our distributing, yes, has yes. taken over that area. Yes. And yes. with the Leblue Water, you remember that name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've heard of the name? They now oh, have yes. that business established there. That was your grandparents' what we call estate house. Oh yeah, their residence yeah, 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 yeah. was on yeah. Their residence was on Main Street on Trumpeter Garden. Right. The estate house was down there, and that's where they would go. Mr. Henry O'Cricky and the crowd, and mm-hmm. you know, yes. cousin this and cousin that, and and nanny this and nanny that, and mama this and papa that. And you know, all persons, whether Those you were, the days. Yes. that's right, whether you are what yes, you call out of wedlock or in wedlock or proposing <laughs> to, or whether or not you are lawful or unlawful, not that any child is unlawful, because all children are lawful, the case mm-hmm. of God, but nevertheless, it's, it's the human being's condition yes. decided. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that everybody has <laughs> time getting together, recognize. And I thought it was a very good idea because I'll tell you what happens. If you do not know, the islands being so small, almost everyone, if you search long enough, hard enough, and if people are honest enough and willing enough to speak the truth, almost everyone is related or everyone has a connection to someone interrelated 
by extended mm-hmm. family. So it was a way of letting the male know, well, this is your female relative, so not this one. This one is off limits. Go look for <laughs> another one. Because if you didn't, by the time, since Easter was a time of mirth and merriment and copulation, whatever, by the time you look around, it would be maybe a brother having had some contact with his sister by another mother. You follow you what know, I'm saying? Like yes, one so. big mixed-up family. <laughs> your, brother, oh, yes. your, brother is, your brother and your brother, but your bro- mommy don't know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that was something that was very, very true. And to a certain yes. extent, it is yes. now still known. But that's true. Yes. Because yes. if you lived on one end of the island and you traveled and most of the men would walk and do whatever, whatever, and they would go to another end of the island, it is possible he may have sired oh, yeah. a child by someone, and you didn't know, nor did your mother know. So therefore, these two offsprings are growing up. They don't even know they are related until Maybe. someone who, now here comes the caveat, until someone who may have seen him or who may know may have told one or the other. And what would the one adult say? Hush him out, mind your business. Yes, Exactly. Okay. Pretend it didn't happen. Exactly. Yes. 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 Pretend it did not happen, but it yes. really did, in fact, happen. And the bad part of the whole thing is, oftentimes, the child who is considered out of wedlock or unlawful ended up having all the facial character traits and everything of the father, more yes. than the one who was born in wedlock or what's called lawful. No, I'm serious. And the wow. talents, too, you know, for playing piano or music. Yes. Or, oh, yes. yes. Undeniable. That's a very good point, Val. Mm-hmm. Very good point because the traits, characteristics, and talents oftentimes mm-hmm. went to the child that was born out of wedlock or the unlawful child. Even the speech patterns, the gait, G-A-I-T, the walk, the talk, and the abilities. He said, well, wait a minute. This person reminds me of so-and-so, <laughs> Mr. So-and-so, and yeah. bingo. That is Mr. So-and-so's child. Now, Mrs. So-and-so, Madame, may not have known. That's when you said, Etienne, your brother is your brother, but your mommy ain't no. And that <laughs> is using the local lingua franca. And that's how that was explained. But one of the things that was clearly understood, the outside child, I'm just using that as a way of getting yes. us to understand, always understood you respected the wife and you never permit anyone to cast any aspersions or any negative remarks. When you found out that was your brother or your sister, it was your brother or your sister. And the bottom line is the outside lady never created any difficulties for the wife. The children grew together or recognized each other and mm-hmm. you know, respect each other. But the ladies, the two women, they sort of kept their distance. As a matter of fact, there's a rule of thumb. If you are going up the main street and you saw the wife coming down, you had an obligation to cross the street so you will not encounter her. For example, you're coming up the main street and you're on the left-hand side and you saw the wife coming down on the left-hand side, you cross. Or if you on the right-hand side and she was on the right, you cross the street. And let me use an example so we could make it more clear. You duck into Etienne's store, into <laughs> La Gracia, so that you will not meet. And you wouldn't have to say hello or give the, li- give yes, the wife a funny look avoidance, or whatever. Avoidance, yes, exactly. avoidance, exactly. Avoidance. Doc, I got a question okay. for you. Sure. Could, could- could the phenomenon known that we used to call Thai tongue, when a child was unable to pronounce words effectively, would it be part of that, that, that phenomenon we are just talking about, the, the outside child? Well, actually, now I'm going to shift hats. I'm going to put on my okay. latest hat. Okay. Thai tongue actually is a dysfunctionalism of the neural system it explains in neurolinguistics what happens between the thought process and the actual production, in this case speech, the actual production of the tongue. Fear mm-hmm. can trigger one. Fear can trigger one to not pronounce the word 
or cause one to say a different word. You thought one thing, but you spoke another. Or yes. if you were writing or you wrote something else. Fear could have. Now, Tai Tung, actually, again, there was a practice. If you lift up the tongue where the connecting tissue under the tongue was, they used to go and clip that flesh, that veil there, so the tongue could be more loose. Now, that had good and bad effects because if that were not the problem, if it were more neurological and dysfunctional and muscular, then you created something that the child may not be able to control later on. The production of saliva in the mouth usually is controlled by such things as a swallowing, how much you're going to take down, and the tongue has a lot to do with that. So it was a practice when people became tight tongue, stuttering, and, or people say stammering, is a more neurological dysfunctionalism of the brain. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Doc. Great. You're welcome. Let's go, let's go back to... I'll the, take off that hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. Let's go back to traditions of... Uh, sure. Of up. When, when, Val, when you were mentioning about asking the question about what caused the Gandhi to have that color, I was... Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a, wait a minute. Before, Etienne, before we go there, I'd like to reference someone that all three of us may know without reference any name. There was a certain okay. young man who had that very, very impediment that you mentioned. And not only that, his eyes would roll, he would stomp his feet, and he would become very emotional, trying to bring the word out. And the danger about that is the person could injure himself or herself when that occurs. And I think you know about whom I'm referencing, Etienne. Uh, in terms when I was a, of, pardon me? When I was a kid growing up or now? Yes, uh-huh. The person whom you know and I knew also, we both knew him Nesto? very well. Nesto? That's right. Well, I didn't want to mention the name, yes. but that's yes. it. Nesto, yes, of course. Yes, he okay. had I know the, Yeah, but you see, it was neurological. The stomping of the feet, uh-huh. the rolling of the eyes, the forcefulness of wanting to get the word out. You know what you want to say, but it's not coming out. That's a neurological dysfunctionalism. Oh. Neural. Hmm. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, okay. yeah. Good. Okay. Now we can oh, go there's back several to other the... people, but I mean, that's someone whom we knew and we could yes. reference right away. Go okay. ahead. Now we're going back to the Gundy thing, because I too wanted okay, to figure out the color. I uh-huh. haven't had Gundy in umpteen years. I was a kid the last time I had Gundy, and I don't remember having it as an adult. But what I do remember, too, was it was colored purple, and I can't remember how it got there. Was it from the okay. beach or was it something else? Let's go back. Remember, what are the primary colors? Red, blue, green. Red. No, no. Red, yellow, and blue. Green okay. is a secondary. I just, green doc, is a... I just wanted to see if you huh? knew, Doc. <laughs> Val, would you help me out on this? He wanted to say hi Good one, good one. Yes, touche. Oh, well. Touche. Yes. Okay, so you tried. I understand. Yeah, that's 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 pretty interesting, Etienne. Yes, remember the primary colors: red, yellow, and blue. If you mix them, depending upon how much of one as opposed to the other, you'll get your secondary and your tertiary colors. Now, why purple? Purple is really violet, which means in the visual spectrum, violet is in there. Now, one of the things that that causes it to come or look purple is you are not mixing the red with white that would give you that red with white would give you that pink. Red yes. with white would give you pink, but the color of the meat, if it were mackerel, mackerel is already brown. So even when you put the beet, you can't get up a light color. You're going to get a lower color or a darker color. color. Yes. Ergo, purple. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from the mackerel, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mackerel is a brown color. Yes. And even when you, if you're going to use tuna, you try to get the white tuna. But if you use a brown tuna, the color would be lower on the, what we call, oh, the spectral, you know, the spectrum. Because yeah. if the color is not white, with whatever you're mixing, you're going to get a lower offshoot color. And so therefore, that's why it became purple. 
And purple also is the color of royalty. Mm -hmm. So as yes. a result of that, you were kind of shooting for that. And so you oftentimes put a lot more beads, if depend upon what you had. What are you using, the saltfish? Are you using the mackerel? Are you using the tuna? Yes. Or you're using, you know, the herring? Now, as for me, Gundy is fine, but my whole thing is unless I am really sure that your Gundy is either tuna or what I call boneless, boneless fish, mm -hmm. I don't like to encounter bones when I am oh, yeah. eating so, yes, You know, because yes, yes. then... Uh, yes. The first bone I meet, I've abandoned the whole project. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The first bone I meet, I am mm -hmm. through, truly through. Mm. <laughs> so wow. one of the things that many people would do, they would sort of pick it, but even in the most, you know, conscientious picking, a bone or two would slip through. But I yes, just pray that bone would end up on my plate because I'm finished from that point on. But Mark, that's another question. purple. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Another question. You're welcome. The, uh, the heron and mackerel, uh -huh. are they uh -huh. typical fish of the Caribbean? Ah, good question. Actually, the answer is no. No. They are cold so. weather fish up okay, in the Nordic so. region. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons they became popular in St. Thomas, remember, who owned the islands? The Danes. The so Danes caught, that brought them with them. Heron. Mackerel yes. are all yes. cold water fishes. Okay. Know, so therefore, yeah, that's what that I thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now the salt fishes already was already here, but that's a different story. But the mackerel and the yeah. heron were, yeah, were fish that were grown and not grown but lived in the northern cold weather. They are bred. They are bred in Nordic waters, yeah. or in the North Pole, or sometimes in the South Pole, or whatever. But they are cold weather fish. And therefore, that's what they inhabit. And, of course, the Danes were accustomed to that. The Danes and the people who lived up in Ireland and northern Germany, Uland, uh, yes. And so they are familiar with it, the Baltic area. So that's why and it became very popular here. Now that you've mentioned that, there's something else that we need to look at. Remember, there were three grocery stores here. I'm not talking oh. about our... Mr. Shinneries, I'm talking about two stores where you got that kind of meat or implement during this time. Do you remember what they were offhand? Oh, point me in the direction, I t I'll tell you. Are you talking about around okay, the market one, area? Around one, the market? No, no, no. No, no, no. What, one was up, up street, starts with a C. The proprietor was Mr. Conrad. Oh, the Conrad, yes, yes, yes. Conrad Grocery? Yes. Oh, the Criterion. Yes, the Criterion, the criteria, exactly. Yes, the Criterion. I'm going to come back to that. And the okay. other was not too far from where you and I are, Etienne, up on Niagara, and that started with the letter E, owned by a prominent family of Corbier and Langplos. That store was called Emporium, owned by Mr. Walterdin. Well, the Walter. See, now I know it by Walterdin, not by the Emporium. No, I didn't know that. I was too small to look up for the to look over the signs. All I was did was look straight in. The candies there. Get the candies and get out. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so you got it. Yeah, but the store was called Emporium. And Emporium by Walterdin. Okay. Right. Yeah. And at the so foot of the stairs. Conrad yeah. Store. Yeah, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Down from his boy school? Yes, from his boy school. Foot of the steps? Yes. Okay. Now, Mr. Conrad's store was called a criterion. Now, what mm -hmm. does the word criterion mean? And by like way, what does the word emporium mean? Well, criterion means basically the qualification or the, the, the material that is needed to get something to be qualified to do something else. Something to that okay, effect. Okay, and we know... And we know when we're teaching the children, we tell them never use the form of the word to define the word. So yes. the criterion, <laughs> the criterion yes. simply means the line of demarcation that separates mm -hmm. that from the rest. Okay. The criterion becomes a standard of measurement of which 
all others must now measure up. Okay. Okay, now, emporium. The emporium means that place where you find the best quality as far as it is available. So when we look at it closely, Mr. Conrad, who is Danish, Mr. Conrad himself always had the best that Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland would offer out here. And so he went into his door and to tell you how it was, particularly if you're a person of color and you went in unattended by an adult, you were watched to be sure you're not doing any wrong things like going into the barrel and taking out a candy or taking out a nut. (laughs) And that's where you would get all of the finery things that Denmark offer, such as when you look at the peppermint, and when you look at, I mean the candy bar, the peppermint candy bar, and when you look at such thing, things as what you're going to put into the sweet bread around Christmas time, they would have them yeah. there. Now, wow. Emporium, Mr. Walton didn't work for the West India Company. So, Mr. Walton married one of the Corbier daughters. Mr. Walton was, of course, the brother of Mr. Langclose. And so, therefore, oh. he had... Yeah, he had very good products there, too, coming from the West India Company. So the point I'm trying to make is that those two stores offer the best quality that you could have. One for persons who couldn't quite afford the prices as at the Criterion, but would be able to get something of good quality because oh, the Emporium would be there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. See, I learn something new every day. You see, That's good. That's that what we're all about. I didn't know that. Well, that's why this show is called Chatting with Dr. Dr. (laughs) Leonard Richardson. It isn't chatting with Adam Gibbs, because Adam Gibbs goes to Dr. Richardson for the answers. (laughs) And it's interesting. That's what Adam said. He's just checking to see if I was aware or if I was on top of (laughs) I know. Too funny. (laughs) Yes, too funny is right. (laughs) Hey, but Doc, Doc, let's let's go back to school for me. Two words from our Latin okay. background, Latin training. Criterion mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. Latin word. Right. Criterion is singular. Criteria uh-huh. is plural. Not exactly. many people are aware of that. The exactly. same thing you with. Know, um, go ahead. It's part of what we call the Latin grammar, the conjugation yes. of yes. the verb. First person singular always end in O or N, yes. and then you come down. Criterion, criteria. It's like the word when we talk about if you have been graduated from a school years ago, if you are a female graduate, you are called yes. an? You are called what? Alumna, and in the A. Alumna, with the no. A. And yes. we, we didn't go into alumni per se, until later on, because yes. the male was called the alumnus. Us, U.S. And several men were called alumni. So for yeah, the female, it was alumna and then alumni. Yes. Okay? So we learn, yeah. for example, when we look at the word <laughs> love, if we're going to conjugate it, we'd say, amo, I love, ama, you love, amas, he, she, or it love. Okay, I love, you love, he, she, or it love. Then we go on to we love, you love, they love. Amo, amo, amas, amamamos, amamais, amen, they. So the you point see, I'm making is that, uh, I'm sorry? I was just telling Val. Go ahead. We, see, Val, Doc is sure mm-hmm. in the love today. We went from, <laughs> from Lent, <laughs> Easter weekend, to sure in the love, and it's all good. <laughs> oh, yeah, come right back to full circle. And let me explain something else, too. We didn't yeah. get a chance to go over this Our last month for March. Very important. You know, March is, we think of it as the third month, January, February, March, the third month of the year, I mean, uh-huh. in terms of the calendar. But, you know, March 14th is what? What do we call March 14th? Eyes of March no, that's the 15th. Uh, no, the 15th. That's the 15th. Oh. Beware the Excuse ice me. of March. It's the 15th Beware. of March. But what's the 14th? Yeah. March 14th. Good question. Mm. 
Oh, yes, I know. We don't have time to waste on bad questions. We leave it for other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm going to the head of the class. I'm stuck. I'm yes, stuck. yes, you're not too far. Think about it. Think about it. The 14th of March is what day? The 73rd day of the year. That's true. Okay, let me give you a little hint. When you yes. hear the 14th of March, take the number three, take the number one, and the number four. When you put three, one, four together, what do you get? Apply your math skills now. Eight. Pi, 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 pi. Three point one four. Oh, three point one four. There you go. Go to the head of the class now. All right. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) I remember pie. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Are we not talking about apple pie, pumpkin pie? We just talking about pie. The formula for that. Yeah, the Greek. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then when you want to find the radius or the compass is three point one four pi r square. Mm -hmm. Does any of this ring a bell? Yep. An old bell. I was going to say it rings a bell, but the, but the shape has left you the heard Val, You heard what Val said? Yeah. An old bell. I know, I heard well, it. Listen. Yes. yes. Val, afraid, it's an afraid. old bell, but let's dust it off. 3.14, <laughs> as pi, and mm-hmm. it's from March. You see, the third yes. month, the 14th day. All right, now, let's go back to what we were saying. So remember, that in case you, have it, you can't remember what pi is, think of March 14th. Three point one four. All right, and when we talk about pi r squared, the radius—that's the distance from the center to the edge of the circle. The distance around the circumference and the distance across is the diameter. All right. Now that's our math contribution for the day. Now back to what we were saying. When we look at all of these things, we realize that for conjugation, always begin with the self. The first person singular nominative case is always I. So you'd say in love, amo, I love. You love, ama. He, she, or it loves would be amas. All right, let's go to French. That's Latin. Let's go to French. When you want to say to someone you love the person in French, how would you say that, Val? I think it's uh, amore, or am I thinking something? Oh, you've gone to Italian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's all right. It's part of the Romance language. You je, say in je, French, je, 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 what? Je t'aime. Oh, je t'aime. That's right. Je t'aime. And if you want to say, I love you very much, you say, je t'aime beaucoup. Yeah. But then you wow. have to actually, say, je t'aime, actually, I love. Huh? Actually, literally what, what it is, Val, je mm-hmm. t-e-m. And because you have two balls facing each other, you take out the E off the, off the T and put a hyphen and squeeze it together. It becomes a contradiction, not a contradiction, but a con. Uh, what's the word, Doc? Um, when you, you come by yes. word, I, I it don't... becomes, you know, you, you talk about abbreviation, but it's not, it's not a contradiction. It's what you call conjugation. Conjugation. There's okay, that's the word I was looking conjugate. for. Conjugation. Yes, conjugation. To conjugate. Yes. When to conjugate yes. is when you take one and you take the other and you drop the vowel in between, you delete it, yes. and you put them together, and you get the two parts coming together to form Your one. Conjugate. Boy, we're uh, learning uh, a lot on this Easter it holiday. Means, <laughs> it means I love you, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Je t'aime, Valerie. <laughs> Je t'aime. And what was it in oh, Danish? Okay. Je uh, Something. What was it in Danish? I love you. Mm-hmm. We were, we were talking and about it in German. It, be- it becomes Iskribedish. Iskribedish. In high German. Oh, yes. Je- yes. The doctor has the high, and I have the low. Iskribed in Danish. Iskribed <laughs> in Danish, and in German, say Iskribedish in high. German, because in yes. German you have to make, well, people don't bother with it so much now, but there are three divisions, high, middle, and low German. So persons <laughs> yes. who would speak high German would say, Ich e Frau, or Ich Frau Loin, and that would mean, of course, that you love the person if you were speaking yes. German on both levels in terms of high, 
German for the male and the female. And in wow. French, you say, je t'aime. And then you say, when you get down to English, I love you. How simple that sounds. As opposed to oh, yes. in Italian, you would say, come Valerie. You said it before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're catching me off guard. Amore. Okay. Amore. You must, amore. Yeah. Amore. Right. Mm-hmm. You, that's right. Amore. Amore, amore, amore. Yeah. Amore, amore. Oh. Amamos, amen. Amore. Yes. Amore. I know. As I love those singers. romance languages. Oh, yes, oh, definitely. So great. They are so great. And you know, the trouble is, they don't teach Latin anymore. Not even at Catholic school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That was, was, was my toughest class, but the best one. For me, because today I keep referring referring to it, and I teach my students how we get words in the English language from the language from mm-hmm. the language. You see, yeah. you're absolutely correct. Because the problem is, people teach things in isolation. I tend yes. not to. I tend to go back and give you the etymology, bring you up to how it was developed. I do that what too. What the prefix, yes. what the prefix did to the word, and yes. what the suffix did to the word. Yes. And so, yes. in fact, English. Modern English is, in fact, a Germanic language. However, yes. it is interspersed with Latin. And yes. years ago, when you spoke Old English, all of that was pretty much Latin. And even when you come to French and you stop wow. and you think about For example, we talk about the language. Then you have language, you have pigeons, you have creoles, and you have patois. And yes. each one has its own sort of practices, but only the standard language is prescriptive. It has a rule for spelling, a rule for punctuating, a rule for pronouncing, so that's the prescription. And any variation or deviation from the standard will make it either a patois, a pigeon, or a creole. So, for example, in French, you could say very easily, how are you? In standard French, you say, comment allez-vous? Anyone, yes, the person responds by saying, Je très bien, merci, I am well, thank you. Yeah. Or, if mm-hmm. you want to go now to a patois, you say, Comment ça va? And that's not, <laughs> how, how are things? How, how's how's it going? What's up? How's yeah. it, yes, exactly. But it does not yeah. mean, how are you? You see, but yeah. that's the way, and that's the way things go. And as well, we would say, in our Dutch Creole, we would say what, Val? Oh, my goodness. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Good down. Because I know you can take it. Good I know do. you can. <laughs> Good down do. How are you? Yeah. Good down yeah. do. And your response would be? Uh-oh. Bye. Bye, And There you go. All right. Because Bye. Dutch is a Germanic language. Yes, it is. Yes, it wow. is. Wow, wow, wow. Fascinating word. The word Dutch is not a Dutch word. The word Dutch is an English word. The Dutch yes. word for Dutch is Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back and to the, the Dutch, French for a moment. Then, and the German word, the German word for German is not German. German is an English word for German. The German word for German is Deutsch. Dutch. That's Dutch. why you Dutch. say to someone, Sprachen in Deutsch? You don't say Sprachenau in German. No, no, no. You have no, to say no. Sprachenau in Deutsch. And the person, if the person does, will say, Yeah, ja, ich Sprachenau in Deutsch und nein, ich nicht Sprachenau in Deutsch. Let's go back to the French for a minute because I want to bring up a point. <clears throat> something sure. we hear a lot. Something we hear a lot in the Caribbean, particularly around Carnival time. We hear about Juve, but not too many people know what that means and how it came mm-hmm. to be. So let's spend a little time on that. It's actually two French if you, words. If you look at the word, if you look at the word, it's J-O-U-V-E-R-T. But, Doc, who's, who's turning? J-O-U-V-E-R-T. Wait a minute. J-O-U-V-E-R-T. <laughs> now, if you are a native speaker of English, what does that look like? Because you're going to use your English phonics. J-O-U-V-E-R-T. What does that mean? What does that look like? Open. Open. Open door. Open. No. What does the word J O U V E R T looks like? 
introvert. Yes. Okay. 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 But if you are a person who knows English, then you know that you use your English phonics to get that sound Jouvert. But if you speak French, you know it's Jouvert. Excuse me, excuse me. Yes, Mir? Okay, be careful, be safe. Okay. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. You had a doctor. Go ahead, Jouvert. Okay, yes. Jouvert. Okay, now you're asking me about Jouvert. Now, what does it mean? It, it doesn't it mean like dawn or daybreak or the breaking of day, and that's when they would get up and you begin to become active, and you can go on to mirth and merriment. But it means the breaking, the coming of day. Jovert, you get up to greet the sunrise. Mm-hmm. And good, that's Mark. why Thanks people. Sure, you're welcome. That's why people years ago, when they celebrated Juve, they came out in their night garment. Night clothes, yeah. And yeah, night clothing. That's correct. Okay, but you came up to greet the sun because I'll tell you, there was a belief: you do not let the sun catch you sleeping in your bed. Really? From the <laughs> night before. No, because the belief was superstition, of course that if you are sleeping in your bed when the sun gets up, the dead spirits who are going back to the grave will walk all over you. Oh. I hadn't heard that one. Has yeah, anything to do with that first. song? Don't let the sun anything catch you sleeping? There was a song yes, with that name back in the 60s. The, yeah. so, the, songs, the song said, don't let the sun catch you crying in the rain. Crying? Sleeping? Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't let the sun catch you crying in the rain. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You remember it, Val? Yes. Well, I just cheated and looked it up, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's not cheating. You used, that's researching. You didn't cheat. I was glad to say, very good, Etienne, go to the head of the class. You didn't cheat. You researched. You Googled it up. That's Val. right. Trying That's to keep right. up with you is <laughs> it's quite a task. It's quite a task, oh, no. yes. You can do it. Yes, uh, Let Etienne tell you what he used to call me when we were going to school. <laughs> he's a walking encyclopedia and he's still walking. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. I believe it. But it's all good. It's all good. Yes, so indeed. Much of course. Yes. Of yes. course. Mm. Well, Doc, we're down to our last two minutes. Let's wrap things up now. What, oh, my. Uh, you okay, wanna, go ahead. What do you want to give us your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts are, on this great getting up morning, resurrection morning, always strive to do the best for yourself, yes. for God, and for your fellow man. Love good. all who are around you. And with that, I say have a very positive, strong and not, not a weekend, a a strong end. Strong <laughs> very good, very good. And Val, comments? Yes, Closing well, I'm, a great show again. Learned lots. Looking forward to this Easter holiday and having a little chocolate with my family. Mm-hmm. And, All right. Uh, and, and that seems to be the highlight for us in our house today. Good. Good. <laughs> good. So, so well, thanks. It's been wonderful to be able to join you guys. Fantastic. And great. God bless your family as well, Val. Thank yes. you. You and too. All of, and all our listening audience, wherever they are. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, Doc, we want to thank you both for taking time out to be with us today and sharing and educating our audience. This is something Good. that is close to my heart. I thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't thank you enough for being part of what, what we offer. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy very doing good. it. Very good. Me, me we, too. We have good. some surprises coming up this year for our audience. We will surprise good. them. And I can right. tell them right good. now. Well, one of them is Doctor well. Doctor Richardson's book is coming out pretty soon. We'll give that good notice. All right, folks. Good. Until next time, next Saturday, same time, same place. We say so au long au for now. Bye bye, Val. Bye. God bless and all that good stuff. Uh-huh, Take care uh-huh. now. Bye bye. Off beat is it? Goodbye. Off beat is it? Okay. Bye bye. Off beat is it?